Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. In today's episode, it's over to you. We've asked you, the community, to put forward your questions about the Obstacle Course Racing World Championships. And I'm joined by the founder of the event, Adrian Bijanada, who's going to be doing his best to answer them all. Hey, Adrian, thank you for joining me yet again. Uh, For this episode, we've decided to ask the community their questions and put them to you. I'm really grateful that you're letting us do this because I know when I was an athlete, being able to put my opinion, ask questions to racers was really important and I never really got the chance. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to <laughs> I'm excited to hear what the community and the athletes want to know. Shall we get stuck in then? Yeah, yeah. Let's jump right in. All righty. So a big question that a lot of people were asking. Uh, we've got Martin Willett, Breathless OCR, Darren Hazelbrook and Balatoni Barney are all asking... Where is the event going to be in 2023? Will it be international again or remain US-based? When will it be coming to Europe? Good question. Um, I can say that we are talking to a few venues in in um, in Europe. So that's, that's exciting. That being said, we haven't made any decisions yet. We're just also talking to venues in the US and places that want to, to host the event in cities and towns and resorts. So we'll just see, need to see what shakes out. I think a little bit depends on the state of OCR as a sport. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, travel restrictions, which, you know, there are still, still some out there due to uh, the pandemic. And we'll just have to make the call, you know, closer towards the this year's event. What do we think is the most feasible place to host the race from a just viability perspective, from an international travel perspective, and where we can, where we can operate now, we've always had great partners when we've produced races in the UK, in South Africa, Australia. Uh, some of those places, <laughs> some of those uh, events um, have moved on and turned into other things. So it depends on where we could find the right partners to really produce uh, a memorable event. And more importantly, like I mentioned, the state of OCR. So what I'm hearing is you're pretty open to moving it around. You've just got to find the right combination yeah we've we've always been you know we've always tried to do it as fair as possible of staying you know in one location for two years we did two years in the u.s two years in canada two years in the uk and this will be our second year back in the u.s and then we had you know the ancillary events like the enduro in australia the south Mm. african championships so we've always tried to make this as diverse and international an event as possible. Um, it's just with logistics these days and just the, just participatory events in general, um, there are just more variables to account for and to factor in. That makes sense. So a supplementary question I'm going to throw in there. Mm-hmm. When do you hope to be announcing the location for 2023? We always announce after our event. It's typically... I think um, a few years we we kind of keyed in on November first, but as the event moved up into September, we'll probably pull that date forward. So um, shortly after our event this year, for sure. Great. All righty, that was easy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, so, the question is the easy part. The finding, the, <laughs> the figuring out an answer is the hard part. Oh, I know, and I'm throwing these at you blind. Now, a huge chunk of questions we had were on obstacle difficulty. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm going to start with the 100 meters. Yeah. I loved the 100 meters last year. Very surprising, to be honest. 
but I liked it. This is an Instagram name, so it's it's not a real name. Uh, Miyoko said, will the 100 meters be changed so it's not who can jump the furthest? John Hart kind of echoed this and said, have you thought more about making some changes to the 100 meter course? And uh, Jonathan Stig said, will the 100 meters course have more variation or will it be rigs again? Uh, yes. So we have thought about the jumping thing for some context for those who are who weren't there or didn't see things online. There were two, uh, probably two rig, rig setups that um, allowed athletes or, or we'll say uh, more proficient athletes to. Um, to basically skip hanging elements and ring the bell at the end. That was essentially like an in-race hack that, that people figured out. <laughs> and if people had the athleticism to, to do that, then we weren't going to make a change in real time to mm. say, hey, no, this is, this is you, you can no longer do this. Um, mm. In my mind, it is very similar to a rope climb, right? There are some athletes mm -hmm. that are taller that can uh, jump higher up the rope and start midway up the rope rather than at the very bottom. And I thought that athleticism should be rewarded. Will we make changes to address it? Absolutely. But changing it on the fly at the event was not the right call. Yeah. That being said, in terms of like difficulty of obstacles, I think we pretty much got that right. But I think folks need to remember that this is a this is a hundred meter sprint, right? This is a this mm -hmm. is a race that's over in thirty seconds, um, or or less, quite frankly. And the intention isn't to build something where we have an athlete stuck on a 100-meter course for an hour, yeah. right? That would, one, impede the actual operation of the race. And it would just, quite frankly, be silly. So if I don't see us raising the difficulty of the 100-meter event at all, um, aside from addressing the, the call it the, the jumping um, hack that was out mm -hmm. there. But um, I think you can expect some more creativity on the rigs, um, 100 meters is surprisingly short, so I don't think you're going to see, you're not going to see a wreck bag carry on the 100 meter. I'm, I'm sorry, you just won't. Pick it up, put it back down. Again. Yeah, you might you might see something that involves some 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 weights or some different body position type obstacles, mm. um, certainly more balancing. Mm. But I, I don't think we're seeing any heavy carries in the, in the 100 meter sprint um, at all. Fair enough. Well, we have one very specific obstacle question for the 100 meters, mm -hmm. and it's Benny Gifford. And he said, are you going to use the ring rope ring obstacles in the 100 meters race from Warrior Race? Yeah, so that so this one has to be described, right? Benny tagged me personally in that as well. So mm -hmm. I, I did get a chance to look at that. And what it is, is I think it starts basically as like a, almost like a hula hoop, but smaller. And mm -hmm. Athletes can run and dive through that hoop um, because it's like suspended it's, off the ground. It, it's suspended off the ground. Yeah, it's basically stuck in your way to reach the next mm -hmm. hanging apparatus, and people can dive through it um, like a Superman dive through, and mm -hmm. and grab the rope, which I think is really cool. So I think we'll definitely mm -hmm. look at that. Definitely talk to those guys and and look at that variation. I love that concept because I mm -hmm. generally think obstacles with multiple ways to complete them. And ones that reward risk taking would be fantastic, especially in the hundred meter. Um, and I think it's completely achievable and a fair obstacle for those that don't want to take that gamble. So, uh, yeah, I think I, I think we will absolutely try it. Great. Well, I mean, talking about risk reward, that's what the one hundred meters was. A lot of people, well, shorter people, it was harder for, but a lot of people weren't or couldn't take the risk of jumping and and, and missing parts out. So a lot of that one hundred meter course from last year was risk reward based which is kind yep. of fun mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's it makes it exciting, right? There were some there were some athletes that I think you probably would have seen them in the semifinals or finals, but their, you know, their gambles didn't pay off. Either they, you know, had a line violation mm. at the start of an obstacle or they they slipped on a grip and had to restart and they lost valuable time. Mm. And I think that's exciting. So, um definitely mm. definitely more of that. Uh definitely more of that, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I one more thing about that 100 meters cuz I found it quite awesome to be fair the thing is those those jumps those risks they're actually huge feats of athleticism they're not a cheater an easy way out like you, you have to be really precise and skilled to be able to do that yeah so yep. yeah i think i think we were all surprised by that i think we were just surprised about the popularity of the 100 meter you know it was the second year that we've included it mm. but this year i think it just it played out really well um it was a great spectator experience and it was just cool to have this thing operating really around the clock during the event right in the right in the village area um yeah. i th- we did a kind of a uh, snaking format in the in the event i think that'll change mm-hmm. for next year we're we'll, we're trying to find a spot that is just 100 meters a straight shot real estate and the footprint is obviously important up there um where it can be a little bit cramped but we're trying to figure that out now um but i think it was we were pleasantly surprised like if you were to ask me what to invest in on our event from a pure hype perspective and <laughs> and growth potential. I don't mean growth in terms of number of athletes because there's only so many people you could put through. But what do I think? Ha- what what star can shine a little bit brighter next year? I think it's the hundred meter. Excellent. Uh, and we have got one more question on the one hundred meters mm-hmm. from a username of the Spartan RMT. They said there was a hint of an idea for a forty plus category in the one hundred meters after last year. Is this still an idea? It's still an idea. Um, I cannot make any promises on this at all. It's it's tough to pull off from a logistical perspective, right? Because you have to remember the 100 meter does have open heats and then you have a tournament format after that mm. with quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals. And packing that all into one weekend with mm. the number of athletes that want to participate becomes a little bit of a challenge. It, it, it essentially creates a third event, right? Actually, I'm sorry, a, f- a fifth event really because we have <laughs> open, uh, open men, open women, pro men, pro women. Now we have, we will have masters as well. So, um, mm. it, it, it actually two more. So just a question of number of hours in the day, right? Um, yeah. we already had the lights out for the event last year and the lights during the night. Um, it's outdoors, right? So you have the elements to worry about. And of course, uh, one day of rain, like we saw last year does affect mm-hmm. your schedule and your ability to operate and pull off the event. So, um, I'm I'm hesitant to introduce the ver- variables that are difficult to control and reduce the likelihood of a successful event. Makes sense. That, that being said, if we can do it, we absolutely will. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move on to 3K and 15K and team altogether. Quite a few questions here for you. So Nicole Sibley has asked, what sort of skills should athletes plan to be proficient at for the 2022 event? And how do you plan to use the mountain? Good question, Nicole. I think Nicole's a member of Doingland Spartans and has been racing with us for some time. So she's seen a lot of the events that we've done. <laughs> I will stress, as I have in the past, we're on a mountain, right? So mm-hmm. there's always concern around like, well, this is a this is a, a mountain runner's course. And my answer to that has always been, yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. We're, <laughs> we're, we're on one of the largest ski resorts in New England. That's that's 
going to happen. So th there's quite literally nothing I can do about that. You're going to be running up and down a mountain. And I think in particular the start last year, which was largely an uphill climb for the first mile, um, caught a lot of people by surprise. So that being said, mm -hmm. I guess right now here's a little bit of fair warning in February. So a good what, seven months before the event, um, you will have to run up and down a mountain. That there's, there's, <laughs> there's, unless you're doing solely the 100 meter, you're going to need run up, to run up and down this mountain. Um, in terms of more... You're the king of not giving anything away while saying something. I know, like. yeah. Like, I, yeah, I don't know if we'll... I don't know if the start will be you know, straight, straight up the mountain like it will this year, but... Year after year, you know, we see the same thing. You're going to be making the most of it, basically. Yeah, yeah. like, you know, just like when we were at Blue Mountain, Mountain Running was key when we were in the UK, and it was relatively flat, right? Um, I think road runners, flat, flat surface runners uh, fared mm -hmm. a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's just reality. On the, we'll call it more technical expertise to train for, um, we still have, one of the things we have not gotten right is balance. Um, we need more balance obstacles, and I love balance obstacles. I know we we talk about it so much, and I just it, I'm if I sound stressed, it's because I just don't think it's we've gotten that right, um, mm. and we need to because I think it, it is a skill set that has to be practiced. Mm -hmm. I think it's achievable. I think the production of it is is you can do it in a safe way, yeah. and I think it makes a difference for people when they're racing. Mm -hmm. So we. I know I committed to this last year. I don't think we hit it, got hit the nail on the head, but we need more balance obstacles out there. And I think you'll see um, a lot more of those. I think you had some absolutely tremendous obstacles, new obstacles last year. That's uh, everyone agrees. We did. We did. I mean, some of the focus last year was to move a little bit away from grip and into balance and body position. I think we did actually pretty well on the body position. Um, mm. In particular, the three new obstacles, Canyon, Ricochet, and Pendulum, each one of those... Yes, it involves grip, um, but they're basically ring obstacles, which is one mm. of the easier things you can you can train for. Mm. That involved body position. Pendulum was all yeah. about body control and the hip pendulum hip swing motion. Canyon was um, controlling your lower body through a, a valley, really, right? Mm. A, a low point, a low rig. And then ricochet was still my favorite obstacle that we've produced today. Oh, was about it was about carrying your momentum through an obstacle as quickly as possible and controlling your body, controlling the spin so that you can ricochet, quite literally kick, bounce, push off of a wall to the next mm -hmm. point. So you pin, you pinball through it. And I think we did really well on the commitment that we made to mm -hmm. focus on body position. I think we need to bring balance up, though. I agree. Yep. And I, th I think, I but I think I, we have a few more ideas for, for uh, you know, body control Mm -hmm. obstacles so i think you'll see even more of those nice so the next question we have comes from bursi k grant it's, it's it's kind of a random one why are the lengths of some of the obstacles so short gibbons was too short longer would be more challenging gibbons was i think the same it's always been um <laughs> so i uh we do change obstacles you know from year to year and we do change even even from race to race, um, for those who remember Canyon from the three k to fifteen k, we made adjustments. Um, oh, we for, have a question about that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and we'll talk about that as well. Um, but Gibbons, I think, was largely the same. Um, it just goes back to you know achievability, and you know we're not trying to make something that stops people in their tracks. We're trying to make something that, in average, on average, 70 percent of our athletes are getting through. Yeah. 
and 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 that's it. So that's what we go for. Well, I've uh, actually got a couple of questions that kind of hit both of those points, and I've put them together because yeah. they are they're they're from different people and they're kind of contradict contradictory. So Eric Laviolette said, "These are the World Championships. They're already fairly easy to qualify for." When you get there, it should not be expected to be easy. There is absolutely no reason to modify an obstacle because it is too hard. Train harder. That is life. Not really a question, a statement, but yeah. there we go. I'm guessing no, that's going to refer to like it, Canyon and and uh, Sabretooth uh, a couple of years before. Yeah. Um, well, so I know Eric. Um, he was actually helped us out with the hundred meters. So I, I say yes. this. I say this from a place of love, but <laughs> I 100% disagree with him. Um, uh, I don't think a world champs needs to be the most difficult race out there. Um, I'm, I just I just don't. I think the world champs needs to be a fair mm. representation of the current state of our sport, and it needs to draw in mm. from all the different types of races and disciplines within OCR. Um, I don't think this needs to be the death race. I don't think it needs to have only a 10% pass rate. I just think it needs to be representative of obstacle course racing in 2020. And do you think the race is that? I yeah, I think we I think we've done a good job of it. Um some years better than better than others, but yeah, I, I for me it's about representing this sport in that year. It's about representing and taking into account the locale of where the race is, right? Whether it's in uh the UK where it's like just wet and muddy um, no offense <laughs> sometimes or, it's nice yeah, yeah. or uh, you know a desert like the spartan world champs like that's mm. that's what you know if we wanted to do a cookie cutter event we would just i don't know have it indoors somewhere or someplace like an open field right mm. but that's that's not what we do so i think uh you know those two things and yeah i, I just don't think you know a world champs needs to be the most difficult if you look at the other yeah. kind of hallmark events that are out there let's take running boston marathon right is boston marathon the hardest marathon in the united states absolutely not right not even not even close right is it the most popular is it considered the benchmark for the for uh an endurance runner training for a marathon absolutely right um is ironman kona which is the ironman world championships for triathlon is that the most difficult triathlon out there i don't think so like i think there are uh, certainly more difficult ones out there but is it a hallmark of the sport yes right um i don't think you scale up um the difficulty of a championship i think you might you might fine-tune a few things to 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 get athletes to focus on things like grip strength heavy carries those types of things um and more prominently display those things and and carve them into the narrative but Mm. yeah yeah basketball hoops don't change heights for championships I, I always like to say this kind of thing i use the 100 meters yeah you know when it comes to people saying the course should get more difficult each year or this the 100 meters doesn't change the people running it do yeah no i, mean, I can run a 100 meters in well not yeah. anymore but in you know yeah. a certain amount of time i'm not going to win any races i can do it yeah. But it's not going to get me to the Olympics. Yeah, I mean that. The that Olympics being said, I, I do event. think I do think we have a little bit of an obligation to um, help progress the sport and innovate well, yeah. and, and innovate a little bit, right? Like maybe help uh, in a very I say this in a, from a very humble place, but if we can help steer a little bit, yeah. then that'd be good. I mean, the, the entire idea between the behind the world champs when we launched was to fo- put the focus on athletes. And I think we've done a good job mm-hmm. of that. Um, along the way, we've been able to innovate on certain things, right? Like 
having platinum rig at our first event, right? Rigs didn't really exist. I mean, they existed because obviously platinum rig existed, but they not to that level, right? Once yeah. that happened, it was like every race was like, I need to have a rig. I need to have a rig. Mm-hmm. You know, having a heavy carry is at rec bags. I think we were the first race to, to, to have a rec bag at our event. Mm-hmm. Um uh, drug testing, right? First race, yes. to do, for, the first race to do drug testing. That that's something. I mean, that's that, huge. That, that's big. Um, and then more recently, you know, in our partnerships with Force Five, and Carl's fantastic at this, coming up with uh, things that uh, obstacles that are not necessarily static, right? That have yeah. hanging apparatuses, whether it's skitch hooks or gibbons or something like that. And it's always the same thing. We introduce something new. People are like, "This seems a little bit silly." Why are you doing this? And then it just becomes status quo, and it becomes mm. what we do, right? Um, <laughs> and I think I think that's cool, right? I remember yeah, Blue Mountain, oh, awesome. our, our finish line, Blue Mountain, which was one of my favorites to date. We received a huge amount of criticism for having athletes finish on pavement, and like mm. we heard that quite a bit before the race. Have now it's like, why aren't you running through the village more? <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's a little bit of the opposite. So. Um, so I think those three things, you know, um, the last one being uh, it's our responsibility to innovate and, and push the sport forward. Mm. And that involves our own gambles. Some work out, some some don't when we're building these new obstacles. But mm. yeah. Um, and that being said, uh, I'm sure Eric is also hinting at the changes that we made between Canyon on the 3K yes. and the 15K. I, like, I would imagine that's so, a, yes. That is absolutely going to happen, right? That That obstacle mm. was on the 3k was exceptionally challenging and we mm. pretty much hit our mark in terms of uh, pass fail rate in the 3k and then when you go from a 3k to a 15k which is five times the distance and from yeah. 17 obstacles obstacles to whatever 40 45 i can't remember the exact number you account for that right like it, it you 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 account for that and you know I, it's one thing to have athletes hitting these obstacles when they're one of 17. It's different when they're hitting it at one of 40 or 50, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we will always, we've made adjustments in the past going back to Ohio, right? When it was mm-hmm. 2015, exceptionally cold um, for the team race, we adjusted to remove water because we thought this would be almost sadistic at that point mm-hmm. to run athletes through water in this cold. Everyone was beat up after, after a tide weekend. We need to produce an event that's safe and fair and a fair representation mm-hmm. of an athletic competition, right? Not a suffer fest. So we'll make those changes. I agree. And also it shows that you are looking at what's happening and, you know, do care about what the athletes are doing and going through. There are many events where people have gone, look, this is not good. This doesn't work. And it keeps happening. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think there's a very it's difficult fine... when you take part. Yeah, there's a very fine line when you're racing where something's that where, you know, back in my racing days, a long, long time ago. Right. There was always this fine line between this is a fair race, this is a fun race, and then you cross that fine line to where, mm-hmm. all right, this is just ridiculous. You know, this is just, yeah. this is about race director ego. This is about the yeah. brand ego. This is about us trying to make a name by, by destroying said athletes. And that line is is pretty sacred in my mind because I think that once you cross it, it's not about athletes. It's just about me. It's about the race. Yeah. It's about, like us trying to make a name for ourselves and that's that's just ridiculous to, to me i mean or worse it's about um people who aren't really paying attention and don't really know what they're doing which I yeah think we've all experienced but when i mean i'm not naming any names or saying anything no. particular there but that does exist yep. you know 
So I think it's a good thing that you yeah, do that. And, and most of these races, there's, it's obstacle racing is amazing, right? It's one of those things that, like, in terms of all around fitness, but it's also one of the races when you produce that you need to be accountable for virtually every square inch of mm. obstacles of a course, right? Somebody loses a safety pin in a pit and you're looking for that safety pin, right? Um, so similarly, it's unique in that like one single grip hold that is too difficult or wrong can just stop the entire field of athletes in its tracks. Yeah. Right. Um, and to me, like that level of detail and that thought process, I think, is what makes us a little bit different and quite frankly, makes us good at what we do. I agree. Now I'm going to push you to go on to the next questions because we're not going to we're not going to get through them all. <laughs> but I do love the intensity of your answers. So I had a couple of questions that kind of fit together. I'm going to continue with those on the theme from Eric number one's question. Uh, Eric Mombrian says, is there an intention to ramp up course obstacle difficulty this year? Uh, but then there's another question, which I think works alongside these from Michelle Headstrom that says, I broke down last year's race stats and found a huge disparity between the number of men versus women who completed the race. Will you be able to do something that addresses that this year? Now, it's really important to kind of have these two together because everyone has an opinion, but it's not the only opinion. And there are so many different ways to look at a problem mm -hmm. or what a problem indeed is. And, you know, I know completion rates are a huge thing for you and male female completion rates are a huge thing. And mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna hand yeah. that over to you. So okay, so first part is: Are we going to produce something more difficult? No, like I, I hope not. Again, we just go for that seventy percent mark, blended average, right? Um, so no, there, there's no intention, there's no desire to to ramp up difficulty with, in particular, female athletes, right? Um, I think what we've seen is as difficulty moves up, it has a disproportionate impact on, we'll say, probably shorter athletes and in particular, mm. um, an uh, adverse impact on females, right? So I think we need to look at, the, we know which obstacles were more difficult for females and we need to look at why, right? Is it something where mm. the hanging apparatuses are too far apart and somebody like, me with a longer wingspan can get through a little bit easier, but a shorter athlete with a shorter, smaller wingspan has a tough time. Can we make mm. those types of adjustments so that we can create a, a more fair course for our female athletes? And believe me, like, you know, my business partner, Rob, at the end of every year, like, gives me a tremendous amount of grief to say, hey, this course was, again, too difficult for certain people. And I think he's, mm. absolutely, I think he's absolutely right. Right. Mm. We need to take a really hard, really hard look and, and really reflect on us as an organization to say, hey, why are these things so difficult for some athletes and what can we do about it? Again, it could be something as simple as ch changing a, a grip. It could be something as uh, like lowering the height of mm. an obstacle. And yeah, I think we need to look at it on an obstacle by obstacle basis. Fair enough. So a lot of people want to kind of just know what's coming up for 2022. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had two very similar questions from Jonathan Stig and Chris Taslar saying, how many obstacles are we going to be having in 2022? Will it be roughly the same or will it be more now it's easier to transport things? Um, and Eric Laviolette also has a comment that he thinks should be minimum of 60 obstacles on the 15K. 
I think it's about quality of the obstacles. 60 obstacles is easy, right? Like we'll just create a bunch of yeah. hurdles and three foot, six foot walls, put them all over course and we'll get everyone up to 60 and people will be like, well, there was nothing memorable out there, right? Um, that kind of sucks. So um, the right number depends on the quality of the obstacles. If we, you know, what I can tell you, if if you're looking for a number, what I can say is that we try to produce every race has 10% of the obstacles are new year over year, right? Wow. Um, so we're looking at four to six new obstacles for this year. Um, and I think if you couple that with the obstacles that we had last year, which a large number of people did not get to experience because of travel restrictions and, and COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think we're looking at potentially you know, 10, 10, 10 new, new obstacles for some athletes. You know, Pendulum, Ricochet, Canyon, uh, LCD, uh, Force Fives LCD, all brand new obstacles last year, right? And I'm probably yeah. missing some as well. So we'll, have, <laughs> we'll have, probably have those and some updates of those along with along with another, you know, call it four to six new obstacles. So um, mm-hmm. for some athletes, that means like over 20% of what they will face on race day will be brand new to them. Um, wow. at, least, at, least, at least as it relates to the 15K, which has all the obstacles. So, yeah, yeah but I, it's quality over quantity. Mm. You know, I, I've fallen prey to that in the past where we just try to jam as many obstacles in there as possible. Yes. And it just, it, it, it makes for sometimes a lousy, forgettable experience. Interesting. Fair enough. Uh, James Burson asked, again, along the same lines, how close will the design of the 2022 15 course be to the 2021 design? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. Um, we, do, we, don't, we just don't know yet. And I know, I know James, he's raced with us a bunch of times. I'm actually mm. a huge fan of, of his, um, which I probably have never told mm. him, so I guess I'm telling him now. I think he does great work. Oh. He's done a nice job with UK OSF. Um, I think he's got like a great approach to everything that he does. I know he's mm. pretty big in the UK circuit with getting... Um, yeah. Uh, getting people and keeping the sport alive over there. So, like, I tip my hat to to him. Um, so, I guess I feel bad that I have absolutely no answer for him because we have not. Uh, once the weather clears a little bit, we'll get up there and and start doing some course mapping. I mean, um, if I know you and the guys who work on the course, it's you. You're gonna try and make it quite different, but yeah, I, I think you <laughs> I don't can. Think I you think you can help yourself. I think you can count on. I think you can definitely count on like going through the village again. I think uh, I think that middle middle of course climb, like the two mile climb right in the middle, probably needs to be broken up at least a little bit, because um, that was just a that was a death march. Um, but yeah, I I think you, I mean again, you'll have a mountain course for sure. Yeah. Um, and we'll try to keep it as engaging as possible. Now, just a few more questions and we'll run through these quickly. One of them is from me. Uh, it was after our podcast, our prior podcast with Jack Bauer and Fabian Yo. We talked about the preems. Will you be bringing in more preems section? Will you be continuing it this year? Continuing the preems, I'm 99% sure we will. We probably won't add more. I want to do a better job of highlighting them. Fair enough. All right. I, I'd love to have like a, a secondary start and finish arch <laughs> on the course for yeah. like King of the Mountain or Peregrine, right? Yeah, the, nice. the descending one. That would be pretty cool to me. Alexis Buford has said, I love Red Bull, but I was wondering if we can also get water around the venue area and the finish line. Yes, 100%. Yes. <laughs> uh, that uh, Yeah, that one catches me by surprise a little bit, and it, it, which means that we probably didn't do uh, <clears throat> a stellar of a job um, highlighting where there was water or 
Right. So yes, that's just a that's a no. So that's nice feedback. Yeah, that's, yeah. Like it's I, I, I've never to athlete uh, satisfaction. I, yeah, I, I haven't heard that. You know, I, there there are of course water fountains all over there because it's at a ski lodge. But yeah, if if athletes had a tough time finding it, then we should absolutely figure that out, right? Um, for sure. And we've got one last question, which mm-hmm. I will finish on, which is I think something that most people, including myself and Rachel Ann, agree on. It's John Hart, and he says, please bring back the finish line wall. <laughs> um, yes, we'd love to have that back. Uh, just as long as terrain conditions permit, and it's not too not too gooey, um, I think that was the term. <laughs> that was the term gooey. used by Mountain Operations from Stratton, right? It was like, hey, that, yeah. that area is way too gooey. You can't get there with a forklift. If you, if you do and you turn, like as you turn the wheels, it's like you would actually just... Like it's like driving a, a giant screw into the ground. <laughs> so yeah, like I, I, I missed that as well. Um, I think that creates a really interesting dy- dynamic. As yeah. long as the mountain isn't too gooey, I think we can say that it'll be back. Amazing. Well, I'm glad to hear that you are on the same page because I think everyone loves it. It's good fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 really cool. It's just it's an insanely heavy obstacle. It's a very 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 <laughs> big build. I mean, I think the one at Nuclear that we left there is still there and it's one of the bigger <laughs> obstacles on the course so um, just left it it just just left it there because it quite literally it, it could not be moved i think they eventually did move it with the use of like two cranes and moved it around or, or they they took it down in pieces and then moved it but that is a it is a tremendous build yeah it's it's probably the heaviest by weight obstacle that we have um and it also requires a lot of machinery for the longest period of time as opposed to like something on a scaffolding, right? So we will, we'll have to see. I love things like this because it just kind of highlights how many things go into not just designing the course, but creating it. And there's so much more than like the average bear like me can understand. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that's that's all the questions we have. Is there anything that you wanted to say or stick in there for people? No, I just I miss everybody. I hope they're, I hope they're, everyone's healthy, happy, and uh, miss everybody. Hopefully, I, I, you know a lot of our international athletes couldn't make it over last year because of uh, yeah. travel restrictions, and looks like um, we're on a much better in a much better place on that. So fingers crossed. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody in person again. Yeah, I can't wait. I cool. can't wait. I've been saying this for two years, but I can't wait. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much again, Adrian. I'm going right. to let you get on with your day. Thanks, Francesca. I really Jessica. appreciate you taking the time to answer those. All right. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. 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 bye.